at the end of 2022 in your life of you looking at, man, I really need to cut that shit out. I really need to cut that pizza out. Medicating my loneliness with alcohol is only the masking of a pain within yourself. For those of you that cannot get off the porn train, right? Make a pact with yourself for God's sake. I'll never watch this again for the rest of my life to see yourself as a process, a journey, a project, not being so attached to your manifestation now, but just doing the best work that you can with it. Doing the best work that you can with what you have now. How to review your life in 2022. What to keep and what to let go of moving forward into 2023 to ensure that you have a tremendous year. We're going to take a full summary of what your life has been using the mental frameworks, right, of the purpose, physical, mental, social development, what we refer to as the temple, transcended by your inner nature, your inner knowing who you are. So you are moving forward in life. And while I would not encourage that you only do this review process once a year, that it should be something you're doing at least on the monthly, even more frequently, even better. But at least on the monthly, you guys should be doing life reviews. But particularly, we want to take that summary at the end of 12 months. And while time is, yes, of course, acknowledged as a fiction, time is but a construct that allows us to stay psychologically sane within this ever impossible reality to comprehend. But if we're going to utilize time, then let's use it in a way that's serving, that's beneficial. And I feel that if we break it up into these miniature slots, which I do with my clients. And it's actually just the reason why we're doing this podcast today. I mean, I like to do a end of year summary podcast every year anyway, but particularly I've been working with my clients one-on-one and helping them to go through very in-depth, you know, fine tooth comb through their lives to work out what it is that they do need to keep a hold of and what they do need to exercise from their lives to ensure that they can be the very best to achieve that level of supreme excellence, pursuing perfection, knowing they never will be, but that in of itself is perfect. So welcome to today's session. Yeah, if you guys have heard any of my previous videos going back to like 2015 on what it is to do an end of year review of some kind, you always see this bad boy. You see this bad boy right here, which is the little black book with a pen from the Crown in London, because that's actually where I got that pen from when I was 18 years old. First time I traveled overseas on my own, actually, uh, to London. Anyways, little black book. So the little black book right here is my end of year journal. So I have a digital journal that I use throughout my daily life and through particularly my monthly reviews. That's digital, but in terms of a written one, I prefer written. So what we're going to right here is just the tactics. Uh, we're going to get through the setup. We're going to go through the setup as to how I recommend you best do this review. And the first thing is get yourself a little black book, right? Get yourself something that's hard paper, hard pen, because it, it is a different... It means something more. It is definitely a different level of commitment when you actually have to write it out as opposed to just typing it. You have to be far more considerate because you don't have backspace. You don't have copy alt, save. You've got to really be very considerate about what you say. So the little black book, I'll put that down there. Little black book I recommend. And so the second thing I recommend is setting a time and date to go through your end of year review. And when you're going through this full review of your life in 2022, For me personally, for those that are long-term supporters of this channel and this podcast, you'll know that I have a ritual. I have a secret ritual that I do on New Year's Eve in which that it is the review process, but I've never told any of you where it is or what I do. All I've let you guys know is that there is in fact a ritual of some kind in which that I dedicate a certain block of time. It's generally speaking about two hours just to go into my black book. I drive somewhere. It's the same spot every single year, literally since, hang on, let me just put this, see if I can, uh, 2015 review, page one, 31st of December, 2015. The way that I've gone through this is in sagas of the year. So 
This is the same way that I've been doing it literally for years. So I've got seven, I'm going to have seven years worth of journaling in here. And what you'll see in my journal is that it has a title for each saga that I want to review. In quotes, the first one here that says, don't grow oranges in Canada. <laughs> Growing on oranges in Canada. And what that refers to is that it's very, very difficult to grow oranges in Canada. It's a lot easier to grow oranges in Mexico which is actually, it's not my lesson. It's a lesson from someone else, a business book I once got it from. And basically all that referred to was that that was a title for a saga of my life in 2015 in which that sometimes all you need to do is just shift your environmental space. You know, sometimes only a couple steps to the left and all of a sudden it's a lot easier to produce the, desire, the desired outcome. When you're doing your full review of your life in 2022, get hard paper, get hard pen, get a black book, your little black book. If you want moleskin, go for it, not sponsored. <laughs> Then set a time and date, whether it's on literally New Year's Eve, but I would recommend somewhere in the seven-day pocket between New Year's Eve and Christmas from the, well, a few days before Christmas, I guess you would say then. But you know, not not too far back, but not after, certainly not afterwards. I wouldn't wait until after New Year's Eve. You want to still be in the year of 2022. So you do that. And then time and day, a place that you're actually going to do it, block out those two hours, no distractions, no social media, no bullshit of anything. It's just literally you, the pen, the paper, and you go ahead and review your life. Cool. That's where we're at. Now, as to how you actually can go for that format, I kind of like slipped into it a little bit prematurely there in which that, yeah, sagas, themes, this is just the way that I like to do it. So I gave you the general framework. And if you guys have been longtime supporters of this channel, you know about how I like to proceed throughout life and how I like to perceive life, which is as if you're building a temple, that this is your journey in life. This is your process. This is a bridge. You have your tools and that you go out into this forest and you excavate this land and you lay the foundations. And then day by day, brick after brick, lumber after lumber, piece of metal after metal, you just put these things together. This being together that is comprised of purpose, physical, mental, social development, transcended by your inner knowing, the inner garden. So I'm not going to go through literally individual, each individual section of the temple. I'm just going to give you an example in which that, because it was the example I was working with my client earlier this week, one of them, in which that he, actually he booked three separate sessions in between just before Christmas and just about New Year's to go through three different sections of his temple. The first one being 60 minutes last week on his purpose slash work. So we just went very in-depth into what it is that he needs to keep and what it is that he needs to let go of in regards to his purpose side of his temple. Actually, there's a quote that I want to get here. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to read you a little bit from the email summary I sent to him post our session. And the title of this email was Purpose Review 2022. Looking back on 2022, it was clear that the bedrock of your success was founded upon private victories in the form of daily disciplines, e.g. meditation, physical training, and journaling, etc. The key statement from today was, in the past, I would have accepted certain things, but the daily disciplines helped me to stand up for myself more, in his words. And on the surface, it wasn't obvious as to how that relationship worked, but you went on to describe with great detail how the DDs helped you to become a more consistent man. If I can be consistent in the small things, then I can be consistent in the big things, in his words. They signaled that you were worth it, worth standing up for yourself and asking more of yourself at the same time. Furthermore, you noticed how as you began to fill your own cup, you simultaneously detached from the external validation of others, inevitably leading you to feeling better about yourself and rising up to become a greater presence upon which others could lean upon. To recognize the good things I've done, even if others don't see it, in the words of my client. Moving forward, it's crucial to review each section of your temple with the three fundamental questions. Question one, what do I need to keep moving into next year? Question two, what do I need to let go of moving into next year? And then question three, why am I doing all of this? 
So I'm not going to read his individual responses to question one and two, but number three is very crucial here. So why am I doing all of this? First off, why that question? Hang on, hang on. Before we even get into his answer to that, why that question? So I said to you, there was, I honey did you guys at the beginning of this podcast when we're going through your review process of your life. What do I need to keep? What do I need to let go of? Very straightforward. And you need to be brutally honest with yourself about it. And this is a type of accountability, this type of responsibility that keeps you moving forward, right? And expect there to be a discomfort, an uncomfortability of what comes out there. Because unless you're absolutely perfect, which is impossible, there's going to be something that you definitely need to let go of. But you counterbalance with, well, what do I need to keep? Because obviously there were some things that you did well if you made it to this point in life. So have a balance, have a good piece about it. Now, in regards to why am I doing all this? That's right, I was going to explain that. We always want to ensure that we have a tight grip on the vision of this temple. We need to understand what the plan is, what the layout is. And if you don't ever check in with what is the, what is the reason for all of this, right, that's where this whole thing centers around purpose. And the why am I doing all of this is so crucial because you can easily fall into that trap of external validation. You can easily fall into that pathway of just, you know, you're, you're working a job to get money in order to pay for this car, in order to impress these people, in order to buy this house, in order to make these people feel like they're, you know, you're a worthy member of society. It's like, is that really your purpose? Is it really your purpose to just merely subsist in the daily trappings of what it means to be a human being in the 21st century? Or is there something much more? Is there a process, a journey? Is there a task, a, a duty? Is there a duty, an honorable duty that you're looking to serve throughout this life? And there comes that key word, serve. So now, actually, before I start to you know, go off on a bit of a, a, real, a real line there, let me give you his answer, my client's answer to his question. Why am I doing all this? It comes down to self-reliance. I want to be a helpful presence in the world. I don't hate my job. I love it when people are involved with me. And that's when I enter a flow state, orchestrating. I love that feeling. I feel good when I serve my clients. When they come with a problem and I can solve that problem, to help take that burden away. I like being trusted. People think I need X and that gives me meaning. People putting their trust in you. I value that a lot. I then went on to say in the email summary, your answer to question three was the most revealing of all. I didn't think I heard the words helpful presence and serving coming from you by the end of the year. The ex I met on July 5th was deeply attached to the pain of the past and emotionally hungry for moral retribution from those who had wronged him in the past. It's quite frankly amazing to see you moving forward in this way, raising yourself to a high level of consciousness to accept that we are all flawed and there's no love gained from holding on to the past. Continue to cultivate this. Your sense of purpose feels strong, ex, along with even stronger self-reliance. These parts of your temple have shown great improvements since we began midway this year. Congratulations, you've done great work. Wishing all the love, peace, and joy. Adam. This podcast is brought to you by BoldDojo.com, where you can book one-on-one coaching with myself in order to create action plans, overcome limiting beliefs, destroy negative self-perceptions, and egoic attachments. Have a listening ear to the trials of your life, helping you to move forward. You can also sign up for the free weekly email newsletter, The Bold Sip. It's just a quick sip of social dynamics and anything I'm exploring on Fridays. Just go to BoldDojo.com, sign that up. You can also hit up the free resources of wisdom where I drop my favorite books, movies, quotes, anime, documentary, music, all of that, all at BoldDojo.com. And if you would like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. Link is down below in the description. Or you can also donate directly through the website, also linked down in the description. Anything that you guys do donate is always extremely appreciated and just goes back to helping support the show and what I do here. 
So thank you very much. And if you do get anything from this piece of content, please let me know in a comment down below. I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible. And also please drop a thumbs up on the video. It just helps the YouTube algorithm, helps send out the video to more people in the community. And if you find that you resonated, share it with a friend who you think would resonate as well. Let's get into today's show. So you can even just see right there, the, those two key words, helpful presence and serving. This was actually a client that when we met earlier this year, we've been working for five months, just close to five months now, that yeah, those those were two words that were not even in his within his vocabulary. Not certainly something that I would have expected him to come up with so quickly. But that's just what's so amazing, what I love that we just brought that. I didn't even intend for this, but when you can see that, it's how illusory the concept of time is. That's what that shows me. And what it also shows me is how possible it is for you to change. And, you know, in the words of Tony Robbins, you know, change change doesn't happen now, but the decision to make change happens now. You know, it might take you 10 years to eclipse the darkness of your life. Right? It might take you so much more longer, so much longer to overcome those things in which that have burdened you, laden you down, whatever it may have been. Right, whether they be self-imposed or imposed from the external world, whatever it is that you have been beset by within your life, all encompassed by and which feels like it's just this struggle, this pain around you, either not around you but within you. But just to know that if I'm telling you that there was a client who came to me that even the words helpful serving or helpful uh, presence and serving, that those words didn't even seem like something that existed within his vocab, within five months, that's his own perception towards life now. That now that's the way he views his life, he views his work, and it's not just a job for job, for job's sake, it's not just money for money's sake, that he's actually trying to be a trustful person. He's trying to be someone that is of value that can serve his clients and solve problems for them. And that's huge. It's huge to your peace. It's huge to you being able to sleep well. So we've got off on a major, major step off here, but... I can track it back up and where we were going from here was that this is how we break down and you saw that I think it was really good I gave you part of that email summary because you're seeing how I work through with my clients and you can very much go ahead and do this on your own. That's what this podcast is about is me giving you the tools to do this on your own. So when you're getting the recap here, when you've got your black book, when you've got your spot, your secret ritual spot, which I'd recommend by the way, that's what I love to do. I love to have my secret ritual spot and my secret ritual time in which that I do at the same time, same place for the most part, or in terms of the same time, it's roughly the same time, but same place every single year on New Year's Eve and you go through this and you're inputting this into your journal and you're looking at, okay, so here we are. I've got these four sections of the temple, my purpose, my physical, mental, my social development, and then plus or transcended by my inner knowing. So it's really five components there. You can go about it in a few different ways. You can individually go through, say, title, you can start it off, title, 22 review, life review, subtitle, purpose, slash, work, career, whatever other word you like to attach to that. I like purpose. Purpose is, you always hear purpose coming from me because purpose is, it's at the core. It's really much more than a job. And really, that's when we break down my fundamental concept of purpose, as you always guys hear me say, is it's the driver and the vehicles. Right. When you say job, when you say career, what I hear there is a vehicle. When you say purpose, what I hear is the driver. I hear the eternal nature of that which is operating within you. you know, the life force, the energy, the spirit, the key, the chi, the drive within you to actually use a vehicle. Yeah. So, so you could 
at a base level, rudimentary level, just go ahead and use that as a subtitle and then just go through from January 1st, 2022 and you look at all the things that you needed to keep that you loved, things that you worked for you and you worked for them that you would love to bring into 2023. And this is all within the scape of your purpose, what it is that you woke up every single morning to do. You know, maybe for you, if it was just at the base level, maybe you're just getting new, just you're new to this type of life planning stuff. You're new to this taking control for yourself and control of your life, and you think, well, actually, that was probably the biggest thing. That that was the thing that I need to keep and just keep cultivating in 2023 is just to realize that I can't just wake up in the morning and have someone else, have someone else, have society at large design my reason for living. That I must be the arbitrator and architect and engineer of my own reason for living. And so you write that down and that, and when you write that down, remember as this is very different to just hearing it or audio recording it or video recording it, but to think it and then write it and that it is immortalized on paper there, it, it really is a confirmation of what it is that you believe. Because, you know, when, I, when I'm here on a podcast, like why, for example, wouldn't I just do a life review in a podcast? Because when you're on the mic, you can get flippant. Like you, you exaggerate, you over embellish, you know, you get a little hyperbolic. Same on video, same on, you know, that type of thing, talking with your friends, same thing. But if you actually have to put it down on paper, you're far, it's far more considerate, it's far more calculated, and it means more to you. So that's why I recommend that. So let's, and for example, like I just said before, if, if you realize that for the first time this year in 2022, that I can't just rely on my friends, my parents, society in general to give me my reason for living. That's huge. And that's you writing that down. That's even more huge. It just, it really, it, it, it's it, rather than a paper wall, that's a confi- that's a definite wall. You know, paper wall being an illusory item. If you have a concrete item, like an actual brick, an actual piece of lumber, a piece of writing about what you believe, that's, it's just critical. So, you would do that and then you go through that just piece by piece and then maybe you got some other things here. Oh, I made this improvement here in which that I noticed that, like for example, one of my clients, one of his major purpose or major things he wants to keep is being a social lubricant at the office and being able to bring people together and create a culture. And so you write, you know, you're writing those things down, but then there might be other things. Maybe you changed career, maybe you changed the way you thought about career, maybe you changed this X, Y, Z. You just writing these things down and then you would just go through the other sides of the temple physical, mental, social development, doing the exact same thing. And also remembering, you know, was it that I need to let go of? What are those three questions? What I need to keep, what I need to let go of, and why am I doing all this? So I would hit those three questions for every side of the temple and you get a summary at the bottom of the course with why am I doing all this? It's like, why am I doing all this with purpose? That should be a lengthy explanation, at least lengthy in consideration. It might not be lengthy in terms of how it actually manifests on the paper. You might be able to sum it up within a sentence, but- You might need 30, 40 minutes of this time to really get to the nut, the core of what's going on with why you're doing this, what your purpose's meaning is, what your meaning in life is. How many of you even considered what your meaning in life is? And not even just considered to the point of, oh, that's an interesting question, but probably doesn't doesn't mean much. (laughs) Probably doesn't mean much for me to understand what it means to have a meaning in life. So it might be revolutionary for some of you to have to go through this for the first time. Excellent. Excellent. Let me know how you go with it. Then as you're going through, yeah, physical, mental, social development. And so I'm giving you a very straightforward rubric here, but I would like to take it to the next level 
Ned's le- <laughs> I was going to say to the Ned's level, been watching too much UFC. For those of you that have been watching UFC lately, that American company Ned's sponsors it and always goes to the Ned's level. Uh, I can't believe that. That is uh, brainwashing right there. That's some subconscious seeding right there. So, anyways, I mean, I think it's funny. That's why I like it's in my memory. I think it's funny to the Ned's level. <laughs> Whoever invents that's a genius. I mentioned sagas and I mentioned themes before. I wanted to give you the most straightforward way of going about it first. For those of you that maybe don't think in a very creative writing style, but for those of you that are a little bit more metaphorical, that you like story, you think in story, you kind of compartmentalize your life into blocks, into stories and lifescapes. That's a very good way of going about it. And like I said before, don't grow oranges in Canada. It was one of the first ones. I'm just going to pop into my journal right here and just see. I'm just going to flip to a random page. Oh, here's a 2017 review. A year of maturing. This has by far been the fastest year of my life to date. I'm loudly astounded by this speeding up of time phenomena. I've noticed that every year since year 12 has exponentially increased in speed. My best explanation for this is a combination of presence times fulfillment. So that was the first paragraph from my first page of a year of maturing 2017 end of year review. So you can see that that's what I meant by a saga or a theme in which that I'm addressing the purpose side of the temple there, but I'm doing it under a a theme in which that a year of maturing, because when I went, when I sat down with a pen and paper at my spot, I go, you know, what do I need? What do I need to keep here? What do I need to let go of? Ah, let me think about it in terms of a story because to go through your entire year, you're going to miss some few things. Like you're going to miss details, but if you can just take a step back and that's what this life review is, my friends, is that you're taking a 30,000 step back up into the clouds and just looking at the entire picture as a whole. Yes, you will add, please add examples, please add examples, please add specifics, please paint whatever you need to paint. But What's more important here is that you just have the general structure, the general frame, and then you can color in and fill in whatever you'd like to within the middle. But having that a year of maturing in quotes, that was the name of the uh, saga, if you will, or the theme of me discussing my purpose of 2017, the purpose side of my temple, 2017. From there, I can just look at, okay, if it was, it was really just felt like it was a year of maturing, why, was, why would that be? What were the positives that led to that? And what would be the improvements next year to help make sure that I continue maturing or what do I need to let go of? Yeah. So you can just see that moving through. And I'll do that for every section of the temple. And then at the end of it, uh, and also, by the way, if you get emotional during it, let that out as well. Let that out as well. Let that be on the paper because it's all going to count. And what I mean by it's all going to count is that when you sit down in your secret ritual spot to do your end of year review, do not read, I play, I probably should have said this at the beginning of the podcast, but for those of you that have never done it before, it shouldn't be too much of an issue. But for those of you that have got maybe one or two years, you listened to this podcast last year or a similar podcast that I made the last few years, and maybe you've got a few years of running journals. Like for me, I've got seven years of running end of year reviews. Do not read the previous year's reviews before writing this one, because that's just going to completely pre-color, pre-load your mind and just alter what it is your perception of this year was so it has to be done in reverse what you have to do when i say in reverse reverse let me you'll see what i mean by that in a second so once you do your 2022 review at the end of it i said that get emotional with it allow the emotions to flow be considerate of course but just let everything out let the raw if the things genuinely that you were just not happy with let it out put it out there this is a secret thing between you and your journal no one else needs to see this 
No one else even needs to know that you're doing this ritual. Just tell someone just that, hey, I'm just going out on my own for a little bit. Like really use this as a sanctuary. Use this as a sanctuary between you and yourself to know that it's a no holds barred, it's a judgment-free space. Yeah. So at the end of doing this, once you finished it, then you can go back and look at the previous years. And that is absolute magic, my friends. It is one of the most enlightening feelings, one of the most beautiful feelings to finish your end of year review of 2022 that will happen or 2021 for me last year. And then to go back to 2015 and read the book, to read six to seven years of life review leading up to where you are now. It's just, it's a overwhelming flood of gratitude is one of the, probably the first feelings that I get from it. Cause like, well, I've, when you're alive, when you're here now, it's just now. Like I said, time is but an illusory concept. It's a figment of our fictitional grasp for sanity. But there have been, in such a paradoxical way, there have been so many moments of just now, which is paradox in and of itself. Like it's a, it, it cancels itself out. But hopefully you can hear what I'm saying there, that when I was sitting down at that same spot at this roughly the same time in 2015, in 2015, it's like that was just the moment then. And then same in 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, 2021. And then now to 2022 on December 31st of this year in a few days time, I will sit down in the same spot at approximately the same time and I will enter in at the same journal in the same book that I've been holding this book for the last seven years using the same pen. It's I'm probably gonna have to replace the ink in this pen at some point soon as well, but hopefully I can keep this pen as well. It's like there's something so incredible. And like I say, gratitude, the gratitude that comes from that makes you realize that like surely all of you had load moments, dark moments, painful moments, struggle-filled moments throughout this year of 2022. I know 2021 was very rough for a lot of people, but actually what I started to notice in 2022 without me getting into an actual review of it was that I just think on a cursory level, I think many people had a much better year this year than last year. I think just as a general, at least from the people that I've been seeing, at least from particular of my clients as well, and myself, I mean, not that I had a bad year last year. In fact, last year was fantastic. But this year has been uh, phenomenal to say the least. Absolutely phenomenal on many parts. On many parts. I'll just say two things here, which is that not only did my father pass away this year, not only did I experience the greatest heartbreak of my life, but also found the greatest love of my life all in the same year. So I'm not going to get too much into it in my own personal review here, but I just had to paint that there because, you know, the lows and highs, the highs and lows, the lows and highs, the peaks and the valleys of your life. When you're in one year and you're in one moment, particularly one moment of one year, it seems like this is all it is, like this is all your life is, particularly if you're in a painful moment or a struggle-filled moment. It's just in a downward spiral, particularly, that it's like nothing could get better and that the clouds are just blotting out the sky and the light cannot, for the life of it, get through. But if you have this running journal of seven years back, more decades back as time goes on, of you getting to look at the seasons of your life, you'll get the seasons of your life in which that you traverse these peaks and these valleys in which that you look at the highs that happened in 2016, you look at the lows that happened in 2018, the highs in 2013. It's just, you realize that on a life spent developing yourself, on a journey spent developing yourself, There will be pain. There will be struggle. There will be times where you doubt yourself. There'll be times where you want to give up. There'll be times where the shield gets too heavy. And that's where hopefully you would have built the support systems, not only within yourself, but outside of yourself. What do we mean by building support systems? 
What do we mean by building the support system within yourself? What that means is to cultivate such emotional strength, such a deep bond with who you are. How many of you have been contemplating this question of who you are recently as a result of having listened to the recent podcasts? I hope a lot of you are raising your hand right here. I sure have. I contemplate this question every single day of my life. In fact, I received an email. I received an email from a longtime client who was actually a bootcamp client who flew down from Canada to Australia many years ago, and he sent me an email on this very question. I'd like to read this out right now. He sent this to me two days ago. Uh, shout out to, I, just, I can use his first name in this because it's not sensitive. Uh, Kevin sent this to me two days ago saying, hope you're well, Adam. I was thinking about life in your question. Who are you? Your answer to this was, I am no one and I am everyone. We are all one, one energy. Up until now, I never really understood what you had meant by that. In brackets, I had vague ideas and guesses though. In brackets. Now, I believe I have a better understanding of those words. I am no one. Detached from the ego, my identity, my beliefs of what I deserve and how I compare myself to others. And realize that I am no one special. Neither exaggerate nor diminish my own self-worth, but to view myself with humility. And I am everyone. We are one, one energy. We all originated from the same source. We all exist in one another, to some extent. But how does knowing this serve any purpose? Now, I believe that I exist to provide a contribution to this world. Similar to you, Adam, I want to help people like my younger self. I want to make sure that people never have to go through the same pain as the 13-year-old me, pretending as if my problems weren't present and running away from reality by consuming mindless entertainment. Although not everyone will resonate with my work, I'll focus on the few that I can serve. Your teachings continue to impact me every day, Adam. Best wishes, signed, Kevin. What an absolutely brilliant message. A message with absolute excellence. Well, I should say with tremendous excellence. I won't use the word absolute because I think there are maybe a couple improvements to be made within it. But in general, just incredible. An incredible message. The points that really stood out to me there, Kevin, was when you said that now I believe that I exist to provide a contribution to this world. Let's, let's just dive into that for a second. Hang on here. Hang on. If one of my other clients earlier in this podcast said that in reviewing his 2022 in our time together and he came out live in front of me well, on Skype saying that, you know, I'm, I'm here to be a helpful presence, a serving being in this world. I'm here to serve. And then I've got another client here who says, and by the way, do you, I, with that, <laughs> what I'm trying to draw the link here between is that, or maybe I'll, I'll pause it. There is a link here though, but just hold on to that. So you've got one client who goes, helpful presence, serving. Cool. Different client here who goes, now I believe I exist to make a contribution to this world. Just want to make sure I got that, got that correctly. That I exist to provide a contribution to this world in his exact words. The link between these two that I want to make here and draw to is that they both have considered the question of who are you? And not in any small means either. I, I don't know what Kevin, particularly I haven't spoken to Kevin in a while. I don't know what Kevin's practice has been around his who are you. I don't know the intensity with which he's been holding the gravity of this particular question. But the fact that it came out like that in such a succinct email, like it wasn't a whole essay. It was so succinct. It was so well-crafted. 
I read that email myself in the last two days, probably about five times. I even read it to my girlfriend, Haley, because it was just it was just tremendous. It was absolutely tremendous the way that it was written because it was such a distillation of some form of wisdom that Kevin had found within himself and that he was primarily considering the question of who are you? And that's where we are in this podcast right now. And then you have my other client who has been grilled by me personally, and I can say this quite recently on who are you? Is, there, is it a coincidence that two people that have been either willingly or forcefully dragged into the cave of who are you have come out of it to realize that it's about helping people. It's about serving other people. It's about contributing to this world. Because when it comes to the bottom of the barrel in which that I've understood the, the translucent and illusory concept of my ego, all of its beliefs, all of its limiting beliefs, all of its desires, its expectations, right? how fleeting and ephemeral they are, how lacking in truth, lacking in concrete, resounding, centered groundedness it is, that you come out to detach from all of that and realize that, well, maybe I'm just a part of it all. Maybe I am all. Maybe I am life itself. Maybe I am life and life experienced life at the same time. Maybe I am the mother and the child experiencing each other at the same time. Maybe I'm but a leaf of this tree and the tree itself. And so as you come to a brief moment of realization in which that you can detach even from those words, you know, to go through what I love to say, which is that, you know, I am me, I am no one, I am everyone. There's a fourth key to that. So that's three parts. I am me. I attach them to my ego. I am no one. Detaching from my ego. I am everyone. Rejoining to all things. One. Oneness. But in order to attain true enlightenment, in order to attain a true understanding of what that actually entails and what is actually at the core of what is being espoused there, is that espoused there, is that you must do away with the words altogether. After going through this attachment to yourself, attachment to not being yourself, attachment to all things in life, being a part of all things in life, that's still an attachment in and of itself. So there has to come a moment in which that you detach from all detachment, in which that the words and you realize that the words were only fingers pointing you towards the moon. If you keep looking at the fingers, you will never see the moon. The fingers are only pointing you towards the moon, the moon being the truth. So what I would help with Kevin in his message, because I'm not entirely sure if he's realized this yet or not, but but I would, that's the encouragement I would give him and I would give all of you to realize is that as you start to answer this question of who are you, there are levels to it. There are three cognitive levels and then there is a unconscious level that must be realized in order to fully harmonize this circle. I am me. I am no one. I am everyone. Finally, shut up, turn all the words off, go deeply within yourself. And the best way to do that is with a four second inhale, hold it for seven seconds, release over eight. Let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. We didn't do it last week, but we've been doing it for like the last month. Every single podcast, we take a fully conscious breath. So, please join me in three, two, one. Inhale as deep as you can, four seconds. Hold. And release.
Let it sit empty now. Don't inhale, just sit empty. You may breathe when you feel the need. <sighs> Sigh it out. Sigh it out. There's your conscious breath. Hopefully within that conscious breath, if not the first one, but if you were to do 30 of those in a row, you may do away with all the words of what it means as to who you are, as to what it means to be me, to be no one, to be everyone. And amongst all of that breathing, that meditative breathing, that deep, full into your breath, full into your filling your diaphragm with the breath so your chest does not rise, your shoulders do not rise when you breathe, but you breathe into your balls first, deep diaphragmically. And then amongst all of that, with the holding and the sitting empty, particularly when you sit empty, so you fill those lungs, you hold them, you release them, and then you sit empty. Hopefully within that emptiness, you find fullness. You find what it means to be who you are, to return to your self-worth, your self-value, the truth, the beauty, the beautiful truth within yourself, the spiritual diamond, cleaned, cleaned. If For those of you that have been following the podcast recently, I've been using this term heavily, which is the spiritual diamond, the light within you, and how as you traverse through life, you know, life is pain, life is suffering, as the Buddha once laid down, in which that is a human condition to incur pain, whether it be physical, mental, psychological, sexual. We're all going to come across some form of abuse, some form of, some form of darkness. Otherwise, what would life be? What would life be if Sometime over the last few days, two parents and their, I think it was three children here in Australia, got up to go on a road trip and they got into a car crash at 1am. They got up at 1am and they got into a car crash and the parents, both the parents died, but the three children somehow survived and were found in the wreckage. So those three children now, I'm not sure if they're left orphans. I don't know if they have extended family, but they will be without their parents for the rest of their lives. The ages of the children were five, three, and one, I believe. Something like that. They're all under five years old, I, I believe. So those young children will never know what it means to have their mother or their father at their graduation, at their wedding, at their 21st or 18th birthdays, when those children have their children, there will be no grandparents. There is suffering in this life. Life is suffering. How unfair life can be. That's good. It's good. You've got to get that out of your system. You have to understand that life is not all sunshine and rainbows, but we may choose to see it anywhere. Life is not all light, but you may choose to find it anywhere. For there is always light wherever you seek it. But the beholder of those eyes must choose to seek it. Those children could now, as they grow older, learn to have deep reverence for the experience, deep gratitude not only for their parents bringing them into life, but deep reverence for the fact that they were a product of such beautiful beings, 
now left to carry on their meaningful work. Choosing to see that whether there was a divine reason for this or not, I will choose one. I will choose my own divinity. In the face of tragedy, I will choose divinity. I will choose to see the very best of what I could do in this moment to help other people. For the women that I've interacted with that have been raped and sexually abused before, you can choose to see the divinity in your suffering and to help other women, to help other people traverse their trauma, to help resolve their pain. For those of you, the young males that I've seen or slightly older males that have been through the process of such limit, self-limit in which that you were damaged at a young age, broken at a young age, told that you weren't worthy, told that you'd never amount to anything, right? that you had the, the, the strict, the lashing. You had the, the leather lashings roped around your spiritual soul in which that if you ever stepped out of line, you'd be whipped, right? you'd, be, you'd be psychologically castrated and so that that love, peace, and joy could not be expressed from you because you had to pre- present this, this state of perfection, this state of stoic, Stoic masculinity, impenetrable. Never to realize that your emotional center is in need of care. A masculine being's emotional center is most in need of attention. Before you were not given this attention for, you had blocked it away, blocked it away and never to reaccess or reassess that trauma so the pain could never be resolved. And so you manifest yourself at 18, 25, 30, in which that you can't maintain strong relationships with feminine beings because you don't have a strong relationship with yourself. You don't love yourself, so you're not allowed to love anyone else, or you're not allowed anyone else to love you. And so you're destined to walk this life suffering, never able to see the divinity within your suffering. For those of you that were told at three to five years old that you'd never be anything, that you'd never amount to anything, that you were in fact a piece of shit, that because that pain had been blocked away and you had to either develop ADHD to tune that out, or you had to become this super achiever in order to try and prove yourself, prove your worth, constantly chasing, constantly trying to make something of yourself in this life, only to realize that as you did that, you drew yourself further away from who you really are. You continue to walk the burning bridge of your life, always suffering. If you'd like to improve your relationships with others, you surely must improve your relationship with yourself first. If you'd like to look into the deep crystals of a woman's eyes and see reflecting back yourself, you surely must know yourself first. Yes, yes, we all desire love, but even more so, we desire that someone else allow us to fully love them. The only place to get, and the only way to get there is by loving yourself first. So if you're one of these males that has been through a suffering of this kind, you know, a very much a constricting, a restricting, a shutting down of your masculine energy and your masculinity in general, or your just yourself in general. And this could definitely apply to feminine as well, but I'm just giving a different example here, different perspective. You can wallow in that suffering and you can allow it to perpetuate for the rest of your life. Or you could see reverence and you could see gratitude for the experiences that you went through and how now you can help someone else. As Kev did, as Kev did in his email, in which that he said that I don't want anyone else to go through the same pain as me as 13 years old, wasting away my life in mindless entertainment. How many of you are on the addiction train? You're addicted to the porn, you're addicted to the junk food, you're addicted to the video games, you're addicted to escapism. You're never truly taking a full account of the present moment. 
your primary reason for living, your primary modality of living, which is absorbing what is here now. How many of you block that out? How many of you can walk down your own bloody corridor without your phone? How many of you can spend a day without your phone? When was the last time that you spent a day without your phone? That you was, if it, at, at a bare minimum, put onto flight mode and do not disturb, right? So maybe it's there in, cause, in terms of in break glass in case of emergency, but to truly absorb and put yourself into now, go ahead, spend a day. Spend a day and see what demons arise. See what demons arise, see what alchemization needs to take place and then realize the light within yourself. That is what will happen when you detach from the addictions. But then we have to look at why the addiction? No, why the pain? Hey, why the pain? Thank you, Dr. Gabor Mate, in which that the addiction itself is only a self-medication for the pain one is experiencing, the pain one is experiencing unresolved from a trauma, not reaccessed, not healed. So if you do find yourself at the end of 2022 in your life of you looking at, man, I really need to cut that shit out. I really need to cut that pizza out. I really need to cut that, that, that boozing, right? That medicating my loneliness with alcohol, with MDMA, with marijuana, even if so, right? Whatever it may be, a, a over an excessive use of anything is only the masking of a pain within yourself. For those of you that cannot get off the porn train, Right? Make a pact with yourself, for God's sake. Make a pact with yourself. If you're addicted to porn, make a pact with yourself that I'll never watch this again for the rest of my life. Don't do it. Forget about these 30-day challenges. Forget about these two-day challenges or the seven-day challenge. When it comes to porn, my tune on this has changed dramatically in light of the severity of the issue. Yes, you can go back to my NoFap video done in 2017 or 2016 in which that I said, there are benefits to NoFap, but I don't think it's absolutely necessary in which that I don't, I think that for most people and the exact analogy I remember using in that video was to the effect of, it's like going to the movies. Porn is like going to the movies. Going to the movies every now and again, it's no problem with that. Like it's a form of escapism in which that Yes, for two to three hours of a time, we are going to escape the, the real laws of reality and we're going to allow fantasy to override us. Okay, you do have for two to three hours of your life, once every now and again, it's not going to derail you from what you need to exercise within actual reality. But what if you went to the movies every single day and you sat down for three hours a day, every single day in this escapist, this, this fantasy-based reality? Well, then it would eventually start to warp your actual perception of reality outside of fantasy. The non-fantastical nature of reality would, would be altered quite dramatically, quite drastically, if you, all you were seeing were dragons and beasts and Wolf of Wall Street every single day. That would start to mess with you. So now let's have a look at porn. If you were to watch... A, and train yourself, not only, we're not going to go into a full porn discussion here, if, like, in terms of how it messes you up in so many different ways, but primarily, if you were to train the behavioral pattern of getting aroused by watching others having sex, so you're not training, training, you're not training the behavior of you having sex every day, but you're training the behavior of you watching other people having sex every day, and that's where you're stimulus point of arousal comes from and is derived from that you get aroused by watching other people having sex not by you having sex 
that would eventually warp your reality. And now you having sex, there would be very little drive to do that because the reward system, the circuitry has been altered. If all you see is women with gigantic implant breasts and asses that are just aberrations, Dr. Frankenstein aberrations of traditional women and the general female body that you'll see in everyday life, it will warp, it will warp your perception of actual women. If all you see is 12-inch cocks and gangbangs and women getting railed five ways in five different directions with two in her ears, one in the mouth, one in the back door, one in the front door, and that's all you see, then your actual perception of true reality and true sex and the true process of making deep love, deep love that spurs on to a deep sexual connection that transcends the physical, mental into something spiritual. I'll say this right now. I had literally the greatest sexual experience of my entire life two days ago, in which that I literally lost consciousness in terms of I passed out afterwards. Both of us did, actually. It was not yesterday, but the day before. After coming home from the Boxing Day sales, Hayes and I, Hayes and I, it was hot. It was in my room. And I don't know what it, I know exactly what it was or where it all began was that she got this brand new green green bikini, but it's like a G-string style bikini. And it was just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I just went absolutely mad. And I just, words barely describe the ferocity and the animalistic nature of which I went to town on her. And she was just, I think probably, if we looked at afterwards, you probably orgasm probably about anywhere between 15 to 20 times in that session. But it was so intense. It was so aggressive such a different level of sexual expression between her and I. Oh, and that's right. It wasn't just the fact that she had that phenomenal green bikini. There was a deep emotional moment before that in which that I'd given her a five-page letter describing our entire journey together over this year and basically bringing her to tears. And then that's where the sexual connection began from where we entered that dance and she happened to be wearing the, the green bikini as well. 15 to 20 orgasms go by, rolling. And I was left there behind. The finishing position was her laid flat out and I was penetrating her from behind. And after I'd pulled out and cummed all over her, which she really turns her on, she was left there vibrating as a being, as I was I. Not only was her body physically shaking for minutes, but I entire, I passed, like I laid down on the bed and I passed out. I legitimately lost true consciousness and so did she. I. It felt like when I came to, it felt like I. it had been five minutes that had gone by. It had been 45 minutes. 45 minutes had gone by where we had both passed out there. And I, I just, for the rest of the day, I feel like the next, I think this is like late afternoon, it took me a long time to be able to get up off the bed. It took me a long time to be able to get up off the bed. It took me, and I was really just not with it. I was just not there. I was so loopy. I was so, it looked like I had done drugs. It really looked like what someone who who was just high. And it was from, and I remember Haley said to me when I did come to, she's like, that was by far the best sex we have ever had. And we say that every single time we have sex, literally. But this time was like the best of the best of the best. Like it was really just something truly, I'd never experienced in my entire life. I've never lost consciousness from our sexual experience before. Like I've, 
I've lost my consciousness in terms of I lost my concept of self, but I'm talking about where your actual physical body shuts down, like it shuts off. You just, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Like your consciousness has left your body at this point it's, and your body has left itself here. It's absolutely incredible. Now, why did I bring this up? <laughs> why did I bring this up? Consciousness, losing consciousness, sexual experience. I'm 100% honest with you guys. I have absolutely no idea why I brought this up. But I know where we are larger in the conversation. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get myself a swig, a swig of coconut water here and we will reconvene. Okay, my friends, we are back. I've had my coconut water and I still don't remember exactly. It's only been like 10 seconds, but I still don't remember how we got onto that whole sexual experience. So I'm going to just move forward. We're going to roll on here. And we're going to roll on to here is really what it is, the spice of life, the joy of life, the love of life, suffering, bang, here we go. Now we're back to it. So where I was larger in this part of the podcast was understanding that suffering is a part of life, but you may find divinity within all of it within the pain of your life and how, I don't know how sexual connection got into all that, but we're getting right back to us here. 2022, surely there was suffering that you experienced. I went through some of the greatest suffering of my life this year and I found just as much divinity within it. To find divinity, to find the light is what I'm saying there. And that's yes. And that was what the thing I wanted to get back to was the spiritual diamond, the cleaning of your diamond. So, as, you, as we went into that breath, here we go. As we went into that spiritual breath before that deep, deep, deep breath. One thing I wanted to point out was that as you attain a sense of enlightenment, not even just a sense, but as you attain enlightenment, which is to completely delete your concept of self and time, full presence, there is your enlightenment. That is a cleaning process for your spiritual diamond, your core essence, who you are, your true nature. And this is a perfect segue into our overall part of this podcast, this overall podcast of reviewing your life in 2022. So if you had been through purpose, physical, mental, and social development, and you reviewed all of those parts, and you're in your little black book, you're in your little black book in your secret, in your secret ritual, your secret ritual space. I'm getting so excited here. I gotta slow down. And then you get to this final part, which is your true essence, who you are. The inner garden is what I refer to this as in the metaphor of the building of the temple. Because the temple is your outward facing external modality. It's how you interact with the world of the cities, the world of egos. But there has to be a part of you which is so deep, so deep so as to realize that that temple was only an outward facing identity, an item. That there was something that transcended all of it which is your understanding of who you are, your true essence, your true nature, your spiritual diamond. And that spiritual diamond is to be cleaned through processes such as meditation, such as a flow state. Flow state can be found in a deep sexual connection as I've just described. It can be found in the tending to your bonsai tree, Sukhichan down here. It can be found in the painting of a picture, in the performing of a percussive beat, in the dancing of the moment at hand. If you had been through a lot of suffering in 2022, I hope that you were able to clean that away through the divine process of entering a true connection with who you are, finding that love, that self-worth, accessing that beautiful truth. That is that cleaning process. So as the Buddha once laid down in his Four Noble Truths, that yes, life is suffering. However, something that people seem to miss with that is that suffering can be turned and utilized and alchemized into something beneficial for all of us. Your suffering has meaning. Your suffering has meaning that can help someone else. 
And if you see it that way, then you will not be lost in this life. You will not lose the essence of life and you will not lose the love within yourself and the light within your eyes that those who go through suffering can make a realization from it that I can allow someone else to benefit. And if you do come to that realization, then there is the cleaning of your spiritual diamond. So yes, as shit and as dirt gets placed upon your spiritual diamond through the abuse, through the abuse, through the misfortune of having your parents die in a car crash, for having a bomb dropped on your city, from having been diagnosed with a terminal illness, that within that darkness and that darkness that shrouds the lightness within you, that you can clean it away. You can clean it away by realizing who you are, which is eternal, which is a oneness of all things through the eternal nature of who you are, that is your work. It is your work in this life to take that suffering and to make it divine by helping someone else. There is meaning. For those of you that are in the depths of a downward spiral right now, realize that that is your power. Your downward spiral is your power. It is the plateau, the formation through which that you could rise from that will inspire someone else one day. And it can be accessed on the lowest of levels. It does not have to be grand. You don't have to be grand in order to go out onto the beach tonight and to go up to a random human being who had a little bit of a glum look on their face, a little bit of a sorrowful look on their face and just say, excuse me, miss, excuse me, sir. I saw you stand, I saw you walking by here and I just had to give you a little bit of love. You don't know me, I don't know you, but I want to wish you the best in life. My name's Adam. You shake that hand. Light someone up. It's a very low level, a very small level. All of you have the capacity to do it. It's free. Being kind is free. Being loving is free. Being joyful is free. Giving the best of yourself is free. And then if you'd like to expand into greater endeavors, please do. If you want to go down to the Congo and help out the Congo, the, co- the cobalt miners, please do. If you want to go out and help regenerative agriculture, please do. If you want to go out and help anyone do anything else on a much grander scale, please do. But please know that you don't have to be some magical being. You don't have to have endless resources and billionaire resources and to have social stature and to have this facade of what it means to be a successful being in life in order to help someone out, in order to give someone a great experience. Right? We are all suffering. Yes, we are all suffering. It means to be human is suffering. Because why though? Why? Because the ego by itself, the ego, its nature is sufferable. The ego itself produces suffering. The ego itself is division. And if you understand this, what you come to realize is that I do not always have to be in tandem, in breath with my ego. Suffering ends the moment I separate from my ego. Because you are only here now. It is only presence now. I hear the realists of you saying, we cannot surely live in that state all day, every day. Well, you can, but it would be very hard to interact in this life without an ego. Without, if you would, as I like to say, if you would like to live within the world of the cities, aka the world of the egos, which that we have cars, we have jobs, we have TVs, you have the mic, right? Yes, you're going to have to utilize an identity known as Adam or William or John, Joseph, Johnny, whatever it may be, Sarah, Stephanie, these names, these date of births, these occupations, truck driver, flipping patties, financial investor, painter, artist, whatever it may be, dentist. But you must simultaneously maintain a strong grip, a strong, firm grip, bold grip on your eternal nature, your essence, your core, who you are. So yes, I realize right now in this podcast, I'm Adam, but I'm much more than Adam. I'm much more than Adam. I'm using Adam would be a far better analogy there. 
Adam is being used right now to help convey lessons, to help convey, re- convey realization, to help bring you to some internal realization within yourself. But Adam is but a figment of imagination. Adam is but a carefully laid out and designed. And you do your best. You do your best in this life to design your identity for one that would help to serve meaningful work in this world. Do your best to design that. But please know that even at the end of the day, that that idea, the concept of whoever did that will die. Your ego will die. But what is left is true. Your ego will die. But what is left is true. That which is undying, that which is eternal, that which will live on, that which animates, all you need to do is hold someone close, hold a loved one close, and then experience their death. And in the quiet moments, as you stand there in isolation with you and your loved one's body, running your fingers down their cheek, their cold cheek, placing your forehead, placing your lips on their cold forehead, standing back to look at this withered away body ready for cremation. And you come to see the beauty in that which animated it. That human beings, we are meat sacks. We are meat vehicles. Well, we are inhabiting such me vehicles. We have taken up temporary residence within these physical bodies, these physical mechanics. And these physical mechanics have an expiration date. They are liable to break. They are liable to misuse. They are liable to malfunction. But the spirit that inhabits them, on an eternal thread of lessons, we learn. And I think that is, in fact, what makes us so special. That we are, and we seem and appear to be the only beings on this world that are able to access this level of self-awareness. It appears to be that way. But then again, maybe that's just because we perceive the way we do. And maybe a whale or a dolphin, maybe a tree, perceives life in a completely different way. Maybe their consciousness, not so not so inferior to ours, but maybe just different. Who knows? Surely for one thing though is that it is all energy. It is all transference of energy. And I surely do not know the answers to all these things. And I surely am not decided or confirmed on all these things myself. But what I do feel within myself is that this is not my first time in this reality. How many of you have had a quiet moment to realize that this is not my first go here? I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what it means. I can't definitively say that I was a Chinese farmer back in the 1300s or that if maybe if you've been through some NLP or hypnosis that you were regressed back to past lives into you know, maybe a, a bird flying through the prehistoric era or the you know, a, a bread baker in the medieval ages or an accountant back in the 1930s. I don't know. Whatever you've been regressed back to in your past lives. Maybe you've been through some of that. I haven't. 
But what I feel intrinsically within me is that I don't feel like this is the first time I've been here. That this body that you guys see now and this voice that you hear is just an instrument, just another instrument that something picked up. Everything picked up. And so with that realization, why do I bring that up? Why do I bring this up here? Am I saying that you need to believe that? Absolutely not. Am I saying that that is exactly the way the world works? Absolutely not. What I'm saying is that that's something that I felt for myself and it would encourage you to feel a little deeper within yourself because what would be the product, what would be the outcome of such a realization, be it literal or metaphorical? So some of you may hear that and literally feel a deep resonance within yourself. You might feel a deep vibration as you hear, holy shit, I felt like that as well. And that's the first time I've ever heard anyone say it. And so now it gives you a little more confidence and belief in that. And now you start to dive into that. more. So you might get a literal awakening from that. But some of you may go, actually, I have a completely different belief set to completely different worldview, but I can metaphorically understand what Adam's saying. While you may attach different stories, different labels, different visualizations, different ways of describing it, but you can see the metaphorical truth within what I'm saying, whether you do not literally buy it or not. You can see the metaphorical truth. So you would then benefit because whether you literally or metaphorically believe it, there is a beneficial nature to realizing that there may be the idea that I am on an eternal thread, eternal, eternal thread of lessons, that 2022 was just the next year of lessons. And that there will come a time where, whether it be 2025, 2050, 2080, year 3000, in which that my physical mechanic comes to an end. So I must do my best in my time afforded to do the best work that I can not only the best work of in, of course, but then once I've done the best work of in, to give that cup of work to someone else. That we choose a cup that is filled by ourselves. We do not choose a cup that is based upon the external validation, the external gratification of those outside of ourselves, because that is inherently a cup with no bottom. You will end up with wet feet and a cup laughing back at you. You must choose a cup in this life. Bring this now to the 2022 life review. If those of you that had walked throughout this year basing your self-worth, your validation, and your criteria for success as a human being based on someone else or something else that defines that for you, then you must, and I would highly encourage, that you come to a realization that that will never lead to fulfillment, that will never lead to lasting fulfillment. You will always be at the beck and whim and the call of something outside of yourself. The highs, there may be very high highs, but you will be subject to very low lows. But if you can walk a narrow way, walk a straight way, a middle path, walk a path, walk a journey, Drink it from a cup. Fill a cup. That was your own. You designed your own principles in life. Direct, congruent, authentic, with empathy, are my own. That I would choose to see my life as a temple, a process, a journey, a project. However you'd like to analogize it. And that the pursuit of supreme excellence within everything that I just said was the reason for why you do things. Not so that you could live the best life for you, but so that you could help someone else. To increase the love, peace, and joy in other people's lives. To help reduce their suffering in any way that you can. I think you would end up at the end of your life in order to say, that was a good life. Can you look back on 2022 at the end of your 
time spent doing this review to say that 2022 was a good life? If so, well done. Why? Keep the things that made that possible. Let go of the things that were a hindrance to that. If you said no, then just reverse what I just said. Primarily, let go of the hindrances and now focus on what needs to be installed and cultivated. As I was just to wrap up that point before, because I don't think I've fully finished it. It doesn't matter whether you literally believe that you're an eternal thread of lessons and that if you don't learn them now in this life, you're going to have to come back in the next one, maybe as a tree, maybe as an Indian man, maybe as a Mexican man in the cartel traveling, trucking drugs over the border. Maybe you'll be this, maybe a crazy half Asian, half Australian guy down in South Australia who likes to get in the cold plunge and likes to, likes to make deep, deep love to the beings of this world. Maybe that'll be you in the next life and that'll be your lesson and that you had to, uh, maybe in the previous life you were not so empathetic and so maybe in this life that was your lesson to learn and that's why you have so much empathy now. Maybe a little bit of a summary of my own life actually. Because I didn't come out of the womb with much empathy in this life. Something I had to learn. Not only empathy for myself, but empathy for others. So whatever it may be, whether you literally believe it or not, it is very useful. It is very useful to see yourself as a process, a journey, a project that not being so attached to your physical body, not being so attached to your manifestation now, but just doing the best work that you can with it. Doing the best work that you can with what you have now. If that's all you get in your review of your life, 2022, then that's a pretty damn good review. That's a solid review. And if that's what spurs you on into 2023, because as we have now, as we bring this podcast to a summary, as you all know, and as I've said every in every single end of year review video I've ever done, whether it's been a podcast or an actual, or just a short video, what I've always said is that time is an illusion. Time is nothing. It really means nothing, but it means everything all at the same time. You have no time and all time at the same time. And what that means is that 2023 will roll on. January 1st will roll on. And it will be no different to 31st of December, 2022. The only thing that will be different, the only thing that can be different, is how you will move forward. How you will approach the next day, this day, today. Today is yesterday's tomorrow. Today is yesterday's tomorrow. So whatever you've been putting off to tomorrow, just realize there's only today. There's only now. If you don't make ways now, if you don't make plan, you know, if you don't make a start on your plans now, nothing ever gets done. You only have now. So as Tony, as T. Robs once said, change doesn't happen now, but the decision to make change happens now. I'm not sure if that's his exact wording. I think that's probably my interpretation of it, but it's to the effect of. So this is where I'm going to wrap up this podcast. I thank all of you who have been along the journey of the bowl this year, 2022. We have dived into waters that we have not dived into in the entire history of this channel this year. We have largely focused on unresolved trauma, the pain of unresolved trauma, helping those of you to access your limiting beliefs, negative self-perceptions, and egoic attachments at their core root, to understand that if you don't have the sexual relationships and the abundance of love in your life, in the manifestations outside of you, it is because it is not manifested within you 
or more accurately, you have not returned to it within you. Right, honorable mentions here to my clients that have served for the bedrock of so many incredible podcasts this year that I've used your individual stories courtesy of you being so humble and courageous to have shared those stories with me and knowing that, I'm, of course, protecting your identity, that I would spend many, 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 many hours, I think over 2,000 hours this po- this year on my podcast wrapped. Uh, you know, Spodcast does like this whole wrapped thing showing your stats. So if you're a podcaster, Spotify gives you your podcast wrap, podcast stats. Uh, I know for 15 of you, 15 of you, this podcast is your number one podcast on Spotify. For maybe it might be 40 or 50 more of you, it's, this podcast is your top 10 podcast. And then for like another 100 or a couple hundred of you, this podcast is in like your top 30. So I know that for at least 15 of you, this num- this podcast, just to know that for 15 of you, this podcast is your number one podcast is absolutely indescribable in terms of my gratitude for that. Like just the fact that there's 15 of you around the world right now that are listening to this, just know that there's, for one of you, if you're listening to this and you're part of that top 15, that you know, because when you got your Spotify wrapped, it showed what your number one podcast was and it was the Bold Ojo podcast. So there are 14 others of you that would have received that. And that there's a there's a lot more that are within top ten percent, top thirty percent. But it's to anyone that listens to this, I'm always grateful. But particularly for those of you that this was your number one source of whether you see it for education, whether you see it for entertainment, for most of you it's education. But I think let's get to let's get to the real crux of it here. For those of you that this was your number one podcast, it's not because it was just purely education or entertainment. It's because this was your home. This was your home. And you're all my family members. You know, it's joy is welling up within me to know that there's just a handful of you out there that this was your home. And I reverse the sentiment. I reciprocate that sentiment. That when I sit down with this microphone, when I tool it up and I tool up that camera, that I'm home. I'm home. And I know that for the majority of those top 15 people, I know that most of you are my clients actually, because that's why you're my clients, because you come to work with me so intimately. Now, let's say for those of you, so let me, but before I do, I just extend my absolute gratitude to all of you that for this year of 2022, that this podcast was your home and your number one at that. You know, there's, there are so many other podcasts in this world, much, much larger podcasts. The fact that you found something here is really, really special because I'm just one guy in South Australia just doing his best. So I'm very grateful. Thank you to all of you. Now, extending to those of you that maybe don't fit those exact, those tight-knit parameters, but maybe I was your top 30% or 50%. Even if you only listen to one episode, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful to all of you across this year that have submitted your own story, whether it be an Instagram DM at Tang one or on balldojo.com. You just submitted your own story and I did a podcast on it. I spent an hour to three hours on your story. Your stories, whether you ever sent me an email afterwards saying thank you or whether you donated to the podcast or whether you, you know, bought the guided meditation or you bought a, or you booked in for a client session, you know, whether you've never even given a cent at all but 
you gave your viewership, you gave your thumbs up on the video, you dropped a comment, you know, sharing your feedback or your gratitude, right? Or you just submitted the story itself. I'm grateful. I am grateful because whether I receive that direct gratitude back from you doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is how I can help someone else. And if I can make a piece of content based on your story that helps someone else, that's, that's it. You already, I am already paid. I get paid by that. I get paid by that because it helps someone else. That's my work. That's my serve. So I'm grateful to everyone. I'm grateful for anyone in the summary point here, to anyone that engages with this podcast, with this content, because as Kevin said in his email, although not everyone will resonate with my work, I will focus on the few that I can serve. That's what I'm talking about, Kev. That is exactly what I'm talking about because that is my exact sentiment and it has always been my exact sentiment, which is this, only for one. I serve for one, I work for one, I do for one, which is that as long as there is one of you that gets something from this, that's it. If one of you can improve your life as a result of having observed this content and dived in and then gone into your own life and rectified as a result, that's done. That's it. You don't need to be Joe Rogan, Aubrey Marcus, Andrew Huberman, Lex Friedman level of podcasting to have a meaningful effect on someone's life. You know, they have tremendous reach and tremendous audience and that's fantastic. That's awesome what they can do there. But please do not, for those of you that are listening who have thought about doing something yourself, judge or compare yourself to the giants. Right? The giants were one day, were once, and all of those giants were once just small men in the field doing what they needed to do. And also, please do not shine, uh, please do not cover your shine in fears that not everyone will get it. Like, Kev, I'm, I am indebted for you to you for that particular line that you just wrote because that is a struggle that I've struggled with my entire life, which is that I've never felt like the things that I had to share and the things that I wanted to do would be received by the mass. You know, cold approach itself, going through cold approach, and even though I know my interpretation of cold approach is very different to everyone else's, like it hits a level of spirituality that I don't think anyone else in the space of the dating world in general has ever got to. Not in the way that I have anyway. And that's not something that's going to be received by the mass, if not ever, very soon. It would be my absolute, it would be the most incredible thing in my life that if by the time that I'm dead, that the majority of young men going up through a dating, their dating sphere, their dating arena, would look at it with the principles of direct, congruent, authentic with empathy. That would have the prince, that would look at wanting to give the best of themselves so they can give the best experience to another person. That they would prioritize the experience of another person. And we're talking specifically in terms of romantic, sexually polarized interactions here. That if that was the case, by the time I'm dead, that would be something I could never have even asked for. But all I ask for is that just give me a couple guys. Give me a couple people. Let me, let me help a couple people to adopt a level of supreme excellence, direct, congruent, authentic with empathy, so that they could make sure that the woman that they interact with was seen, cared for, treated right, done right. That the, the way that humans interact was improved just a little bit. If that's the end of my life and that's the end outcome of my life, Great. I'm, I'm, I couldn't ask for any more. Everything else is bonus past that point. 
just to know that there's some of you out there, and I get this feedback every day with my clients, that there are some of you out there that are interacting better with other human beings, which means that they receive a better human experience, which means they want to go and live a better life themselves. That's, to me, that is the incremental shifting of the needle of humanity. That is what moves humans, that is what moves humans not only forward, but closer together. So my work does not need to be received by the mass. And just like you, Kev, and to anyone else listening, your work does not need to be received by the mass. It only needs to help a small few. Because if everyone did that, then everyone would be helped. Not everyone wants to make candles. (laughs) But for those that do, if you are an artisan candle maker, do not not go into artisan candle making because you don't think absolutely everyone wants to sign up for candle making. But for the boyfriend or the husband that wanted to surprise his wife or girlfriend who really into that, you serve a meaningful purpose. You help to create something beautiful there. In the same way, you can apply the same rubric that I just went through to anything in life. Life is beautiful. Life is rare. And life is rare in its beauty in which that we only have this moment now. So make use of it. Make true use of the raw, beautiful, raw, rare truth we have now. And with that, my friends, I thank you so much for this year. I look forward to seeing you next year, which really is just now. The next time you hear me will be just now. And I send you all my love, peace, and joy. That brings me to my thanks for all of you. Thank you, first off, for just being here, your presence. But please let me know. Let me know in a comment down below where you are in your lives, how you felt about this, any commentary. I'll do my best to get back as soon as I possibly can. And also, if you did enjoy the content, please hit the thumbs up on the YouTube video. It just helps it get sent out to more people in the community. And if you feel like this would resonate with someone else, please share it to some of your close friends. If you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching, that's all available on boldojo.com. Guided meditation free resources of wisdom, free weekly on my newsletter, bowl sip, just chuck your email in, comes out every Friday. That's all available, all the links down below. And if you would like to support the podcast directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link down below or on the website, balldojo.com in the podcast section. Anything that you guys give is always super appreciated. So thank you very much. Wishing you all the love, peace, and joy in this life. <laughs>